Welcome back to Fleshing It Out with Samantha Spittle. This season, we are tackling shame triggers, and this episode is about body image and appearance. Today, I'm talking with Elena Sanino. She's a life coach, speaker, and yoga teacher. And we dive into the connection we have with our body and how we really need to be our body's BFF because everything we have, everything we need, we already have in our body. And if we can get in tune to it, it can teach us so much. So join us as we flesh out body image and appearance with Elena Sanino. I love this idea of, you know, we spend in our society and especially when it comes to body image and acceptance, spending so much time fighting it and hating our bodies. And I love, you know, that we have tips and tools to move towards other things, but I love your story of having, finding the acceptance and all those things within your healing and acceptance within your body. So I would love for you to introduce yourself. So I'm Elena Sanino, and I am a life coach, a yin yoga teacher, and a speaker. But really what I do, a friend said this to me recently, and I kind of love it, and I'm just going to go with it. I am a guide who nudges you to find your own liftoff, right? I love being that person who asks the great questions, who offers you the nudge, but then you create the meaning and realize what matters to you. Connecting, I talk a lot about, you know, helping my women thrive connected to their most rooted and nourished self. But when I think about what that means, it's you finding that joy, that value, that truth that lives inside you. And so I just help people find that. I love that. And this is a great way to, as we are, you know, kicking off the third season, tackling the shame triggers of body image and appearance, because I know that I have learned from experience. It does not matter how much we change the physical outside body image. We think it's connected. I mean, and everything is connected, but we think it's a quick, like you fix this, you fix that, you change this, this changes. And I think we all know at this point that it doesn't work like that. No, there's, I mean, I, I've always joked, I was like, I need a light switch here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And really what I need is the light switch that says, this isn't the thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's not just flipping the switch, right? There is, does, does how we look connect to how we feel? Yes. But I think we have it the other way around, right? I think it's about how do we feel on the inside? And then allowing our outside to match that rather than having to shape it into something that it's not Mm -hmm. and judging ourselves when it's not. Exactly. And I know you have been through a journey Mm -hmm. to get you to where you are today. So I would love to, to explore some of that and kind of how you've got to this place, because, you know, we've talked offline about kind of going through that place where you're judging your body and you're, you're trying to make it fit into those boxes but then you found this new freedom. So take us on the ride. Let's go see how you got there. Yeah. What's funny, as you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, right. I mean, it's, it starts when we're so young. Exactly. I remember, I mean, the very first memory that I have of thinking that my body wasn't okay was, so I was, I'm Italian. I was born in, in Italy. We moved to the States when I was two and a half, but we always spent the summers in Italy. Well, in Italy as a young child, regardless of your gender, you only wear a bathing suit bottom. 
You did not wear a bathing suit top, Mm -hmm. right? So then we moved to the States and I remember being in Cincinnati, Ohio at the pool in the summer. And I go out in the pool with only a bathing suit bottom. And then hear the laughter and the things. And I was like, oh, right. And I just remember being so mad at my mom <laughs> because like I did kind of what I was told. Yeah. And, and fast forward, right. In high school, I had mono and gained weight. And then after high school, went to Europe and started drinking beer and gained weight. And my mom would call me solid. And I love my mom. It's not my mom's fault, but yeah. There was this, like, you need to go to the gym. Yeah. Uh, whatever And she's just saying what she heard too. Like, Correct. we grew up, we're solid people. I've, like, you know, it's all yeah. this stuff. And even, I mean, her sister, that same summer, before I had come back, my mom was like, you have to go to the gym. I had come off the train and she looked at me and I had acne at the time. And she's like, oh, we should get you to the esthetician, right? Like, this is just the yeah. thing. In my 20s, yeah. I had my body turned into something that I didn't trust because I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease. And suddenly the body that had always been very capable suddenly wasn't. Yeah. And I think it took me honestly being my own worst enemy of my body to then become best friends with my body. Okay. So it took you being the worst enemy. enemy. Do you mean like hating your body? Like being angry and I resentful was a- towards angry, it? resentful, distrusting, yeah. trying to change it all the time, thinking it like saying not nice things. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I, so I ran five marathons, the first was to prove that the oncologist who said I'd never be able to run was not right because I like proving others wrong. The second was to prove that the first wasn't a fluke, Luke, yeah. right? The third and the fourth were, Ooh, all these years have passed. I've lost weight. I should be able to be faster, mm-hmm. except I wasn't. I mean, I was, but I wasn't fast enough. Enough. Cause it's never and enough. It's never enough. And so then when I got to the fifth, I was like, could I do this for fun? And I, I didn't really achieve that, but I allowed myself to be in process. And I show that because that was about the pivot where I started to find my yoga practice. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was the mark, the kind of line in the sand of, I have not been treating my body well. I have been in, in a really, in a toxic relationship with my body yeah, in a way. I- it I is time so to change are. this, yeah. right? And so being on my mat taught me that there was another way, that the body mm. is different every single day, right? If you're trying to balance morning to evening, it's going to be different. Right mm. to left side of the body will be different. I, berating myself wasn't going to help. <laughs> mm. So that became, I think, the beginning of this realization that if I look back, my biggest moments in life, my body actually either healed me in or gave me what I needed. And that there was this opportunity to tend to that version of my body and be get into relationship with that version. That makes so much sense because my therapist, I was walking through my stuff and, you know, I had, you know, sharing with her that, you know, I've gained weight and she 
so eloquently described how, you know, your body holds on to the stress. And she explained kind of the technical side of cortisol. But then we shifted the conversation to my, my body has carried me through this hard season. And that it, yes, it's held on to weight, but it wasn't doing it to hurt me. It was doing it to help mm-hmm. me because it allowed me to process the things I needed to process. And then just kind of like almost keep me safe where that now I can kind of tackle the next thing. And that was a new level of like, I had, I I kept looking at it like, I'm so angry at my body for holding on to all this weight. But it's like, if I'm eating more than I should, because, or, and should, that's a whole other thing right there. Mm -hmm. But like, if I needed those coping mechanisms, like my body found a way to cope so that I could function and not even function, like thrive and heal and grow and like, do a lot of the hard emotional work. And if it, if my body found a way to cope, like, thank you, body. Thank you, body. Instead of saying, I hate you body, which is what I want to say because I'm angry. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's this idea of, you know, the body is, it's like the vehicle with which we show up in the world. Mm -hmm. And, and really I, you know, you and I, I've said this to you before, but to me, it's our home base. Like it Mm -hmm. is that place where we begin, where we have an opportunity to get rooted and, and really, I mean, the body knows so, so much long before the brain does, you know, we think the brain is really powerful and it is, but the body, I mean, even the fact that what you're just describing the body holding on to things to protect you so that you could go do these other things, right? The yeah. body knows stuff. <laughs> yeah, it keeps and the score. That book, it, so it does, yeah. right? And and there are these energy systems inside. And so, if we, for me, the journey has really been to understand kind of where I naturally find home in my body, mm-hmm. and the places where maybe I haven't been particularly kind to myself, mm-hmm. and really getting to know sensations, emotions that live inside and, and beginning to ask, you know, if I'm seeking answers, going inward and allowing the answers to find. me. So how can we do that? I would love to kind of help, you know, listeners and of course myself. Um, how do you start this process? Cause I know you talked about the yin yoga. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think you mentioned the emotions are in the fascia. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. You did. Like, oh my gosh. Like you need to tell me more. Okay. So how do we start walking through this? Cause like I said, I think that when people hear body image and appearance and the shame we have associated it, we think the fix is to change it. I feel shame about my body because of X, Y, Z, you know, and it's all different reasons. We all, a lot of times we think it's, if you fit into one box, you have body shame, but everyone in every box, no box, all no, you know, we feel that. And so once again, it's that shifting that, no, there's not, you know, there's not this magic fix. And so how do you start walking down that road? Yeah. So to me, it's the first step to walking down that road is to decide that you want to be in relationship with your body in a new way. Right. And it's, it's, it is, it's, it's kind of a simple, I mean, there are very few things that I think of as a light switch, but this one, and it's a light switch that you have to keep turning on because Mm -hmm. it's a daily choice, but the decision that we are going to be in relationship and in connection 
with our body and its wisdom and its power and its magic and all the all the things you want to say about it, right? So yeah. that's the first kind of step is this shift of instead of being something I have to fix or manage or control, I want to be in relationship with, okay. right? And then I like to think of things in terms of, because it's it's been my journey of getting rooted, being curious and being alive. So to me, being rooted in your body is an opportunity to be present in a moment, right? So I love a child's pose, right? Which in yoga is when you are kind of sitting back on your hips, your, your hips are on towards your heels and you can be on a pillow, you can be on a blanket, you can have multiple pillows and blankets. And then your torso is kind of reaching forward and your forehead might touch the ground, it might touch a pillow, right? Again, it's with any body, this is accessible. You can even use a chair, but then it's breathing and just allowing yourself to be present with sensations and noticing the ebb and flow of your breath. And that to me is a delicious shape to just notice what do I know for sure in this moment, right? So where our body becomes the access, the vehicle to that access, that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. it's funny because I was, you know, sitting, taking a breath and I was thinking as you were describing, I love that you went through the different ways because I think that sometimes yoga, there's an image that gets tied to it and, and it's less so as, as it continues to be shared. It's like, you think you have to look a certain way and do all these poses. And so one of the tips, and we actually talked about this on another podcast episode about you have the power to curate your social media feed more than you think. Mm -hmm. And I remember I started following a yoga. I I'll have to look up her title, her, her handle, but it's like basically um, a, a you know woman in a larger body doing yoga. And that's yeah. been so helpful for me to see that even though I haven't done too much yet, but like, as even just as you were talking, I think that had I not followed this woman, I could immediately see the poses displayed by a woman in a larger body. Right. And so it felt empowering versus like, oh, well, that's going to take so much work to get to that point, you know? Yes. And to me, it's especially in this practice. So yin, the, the thing about yin yoga is that you stay in a shape for anywhere from 90 seconds up to five minutes and honestly beyond with some things mm -hmm. because, and so it's not about going as far as you think you should mm -hmm. or having, because it's, it's about allowing the body to speak to you through sensations. Mm -hmm. And, and child's pose, you know, I mean, can be really delicious, but doesn't always feel accessible to people. So it's about supporting yeah. the bones. So the muscles can relax and, um, but you could even just lie in Shavasana, just lay there, mm -hmm. right. And connect to the body that way. To yeah. me, the, the beauty, the magic of it comes when we sit with our breath, mm -hmm. we allow our body to feel sensation and we give it permission to bring us it becomes an energetic, it becomes about the energy rather mm -hmm. than the shape or the pose. Yeah. Right. And so in that moment, in a child's pose, or I have a few other kind of, I have three or four shapes that to me really just help me get rooted. And then, you know, being curious, right? So if you think about the body, like even in the shapes you were describing and those things, right, we judge, oh, it should mm -hmm. look like this. So instead of judging it, just being curious about what's there. Mm -hmm. and the sensations and what might this mean instead of uh, automatically identifying, Ooh, that sensation means my hip is too tight or my, I haven't done whatever enough, 
right? But it's curiosity. I like to call um, the messages, the sensations that our body offers us when we are in connection through movement, right? So whether it's yoga or walking or anything, benevolent messengers. Benevolent messengers. Messengers. So it's the it's their body saying, knock, knock. I want you to pay attention to something. I want mm. you to notice me. Mm. Right? So rather than judging it, if we're going to notice, we're going to just be there with it mm-hmm. and let it, let it grow, let it do whatever it's going to do and name it. Oh, okay. There's, there's constriction, there's opening, there's heat, there's whatever it is. But that to me is the being in relationship, right? And so getting rooted, you know, and to me being rooted is like really scaffolding that foundation, creating that foundation, trusting your foundation. Then there's being curious. It's to me, it's shapes that are a little bit more opening and even yin, right? Like a, a twist to me is really delicious to get curious because a twist massages the inside stuff. <laughs> and right, I, like, even just thinking about it makes me smile. Oh, but <laughs> and so, that makes me smile, even though I'm like, I do not know, but I want to know more. Yeah. So, I mean, you could take a twist, you know, seated, but you can also take it lying down and just allowing your knees to go. And there's, you know, and I'm happy to, to share resources if you'd like, but there's a lot of different twists, but it's, it's about staying there. And then we talk a lot about, um, or you hear a lot in, in all of these spaces about like release what it is that no longer serves you. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a lovely sentiment. And I've used, I've used that exact sentence probably a lot of times. And yet it's really hard to release anything if you don't know what it is you're holding on to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So especially in this body conversation, like beginning to name those old stories, those old shame triggers, right? So you and I have joked about like when my mom called me solid <laughs> or when I, I mean, couldn't go, I still can't really go upside down in yoga. Like, and it's not, but like the things that we are holding on to that we have turned into a thing. Yes. I'm just like, oh my gosh. So we have our shame stories with our body and with all the things associated with our body, you know, our, our body image is essentially, I guess we could say our shame stories, you know, kind of that could be a reflection of that. I never thought about, we can listen to our body to inform us of what those shame stories are. Like if I'm just in my head, I'm like, well, I don't even know what they are, but being quiet, being curious. Like I'm a mad, you know, as you're walking through these poses, I'm like, one, I'm thinking I haven't done them in a long time, but then I move out of that kind of judgment place too. I remember when I've been in those places and being kind and curious. Yeah. It's such an interesting thing because our body absolutely holds on to things. And so I recently started pelvic floor physical therapy. Yes. And when you think about like body shame and stuff, right? Like we have all sorts of stories. Yeah. And what has, what we've realized is like, there are parts of my body that are literally like holding on for dear life Mm -hmm. and don't want to release. And then creates all the ripple effects of like pain and all the things. But if I thought about with my physical therapist, 
the pain started after my I had a hysterectomy in 2012, right? And a hysterectomy is basically like a removing of certain parts of the wound. I mean, there's yeah. trauma that happens in that. Yeah. And then my body was like, oh, you're going to take stuff from me. I'm going to hold on to everything else for right? Clenched all the time. And so it's just interesting because if we begin to like really be curious, then we can notice what's there. Mm-hmm. And then tend to it from a place of nourishment rather than force and shoulds and Mm -hmm. judgment. And that keeps, I mean, I keep learning this lesson over and over and over again. You're like, you think I know, but it it keeps revealing itself to me, which I appreciate with each new. And then, so if I think about that, right, as we keep learning, so we get rooted, then we get curious. And then there's this exploration of being alive. So if you're going to be fully alive in your body, then it's about allowing yourself to feel the energy, to feel the sensations, to feel gratitude, to feel joy, to feel sadness, because that's a part of our aliveness too. Yeah. So rather than the hip or the, the back, I mean, for me, my shoulders hold a lot of stuff. Yeah. So when the massage therapist is in there and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yep. Cause I, I always go for deep tissue and I'm like, I like deep tissue and I like the therapeutic massage. And then I'm, as I'm sweating, I'm like, do I, do I really, <laughs> but it always feels so good, but that's right. So it's, it's that tending with, yeah. to that aliveness. Cause aliveness is a full range, right? It's, yeah. it's the exuberant stuff and it's the needing to be a soft spot to mm-hmm. land for yourself. Yeah. I like this kindness, I think to our bodies, we're just so, so hard on our bodies, no matter what, you know, I think that society is hard on, especially women with their bodies. And so, you know, we can have conversations about changing the narrative, changing, you know, what we put out there, but I really love this idea of just being so kind and gentle with yourself and giving the salute, like, um, you know, ideas, solutions, tips, things like that of ways to just be so quiet and start there because I can imagine like it's kind of clicking. And once again, like you said, why do we hear these things over and over? Why are we always having to be reminded? But it's like, oh my gosh, when you start your day from a place of gratitude with your body, instead of wake up and say, I hate this about my body. I hate this, you know? Um, And yes, you can start with affirmations or something like that. But when you actually listen to your body, it's like you said before, when our bodies, it's telling us something. And it's just a different perspective. Our body knows things. And and we, part of the, I think what happens is we, to your point, right? Like we want to, we want to be unstoppable. We want to be limitless. We want to be the superwoman and take care of all the people. And so then what that means is we kind of bulldoze through, we do, we bulldoze like, Mm. you know, I'm going to do the thing no matter what we, we ignore. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a huge one. Oh my gosh. Like maybe instead of waiting till eight o'clock to be so run down, I have to go to bed. Like maybe day two of my period needs to be a stay home, go for a walk. Cause I think I need to exercise more for the endorphins to help with some pain. But like, maybe I need to have the, instead of let me just push through, because if I take this amount of pain meds, then I can push through, but then I'll hit a wall at eight. Maybe I need to rethink it and say, maybe I don't schedule things and I just chill. I have a chill evening and it doesn't have to be hitting a wall. Yeah. 
I mean, that to me is tending versus reacting. Yeah. Right. It's actively nourishing and tending. And you said something about movement, which I love, and I would love to put like an exclamation mark on it. I think, you know, we, we have such expectations around movement that it has to be like the big workout. Right. But to me, movement is, it is the doorway into our body. To me, yin was this beautiful counter like antidote almost to like the big the big sweaty active things yeah one of the things I started doing a few years ago is I was away on retreat and got to experience something called groove Mm. and groove is dance meets yoga meets imagine you're five and like skipping around a playground at least that's how I felt it (laughs) and but when I was in this room and it's basically it is not a there's no um structure like the body doesn't have to look a specific way so the groove instructors like there are some groove truths about you cannot get this wrong and I don't remember all of them but Mm -hmm. this idea that like everybody can do this and your body knows instinctively how to move and so can you just trust it and I remember being in this room watching people of all different ages of all different sizes of all different physical endurance abilities having a blast and it created this sense of freedom. So for me, one of the movement practices is like dance parties here in my office or around my kitchen to my teenager's chagrin. I'll be like, and we're dancing and <laughs> usually singing out loud. But it's that connection with the body. And again, that to me is aliveness. Like, so one of my body aliveness practices is just dance, like play a song and let my body move to it in whatever way it wants. It's interesting. We talked about the shame stories of our body. So we have our body image and how, you know, that body image is often tied to those shame stories and how you said we are connected to our body. We're rooted. We get curious. We allow our body to talk to us. And so I feel like, you know, now it's like, and then the next step is allowing your body to give the movement. And it's almost like your that you're, it's like your body image is your body. Like we make our, our body images in our mind. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like as you're talking, it's like, my body's telling me like, Sam, just let me take care of my image. You, yeah. you know, put on the music. I'll take care of the rest. If I right. can't squat down right now, I'll let you know. Absolutely. Right. And it's to me. So I actually have a client who her self-love practice um, that we came up with for her to kind of play with. And she's still, I mean, it's it's eight months later and she's still doing this. She found it was around Easter when she started because she was making like an Easter basket and there was some like decor and she was like, Ooh, this is almost like a boa. I'm like, awesome. (laughs) So she dances. She actually, she just dances and she's got this, this, you know, boa and just allows her body to express itself. And for her, that has been life-changing to recognize that she doesn't have to feel like she has to look a specific way, but that her body naturally moves and feels great when it does. You know, it's interesting, um, reading books like The Body Keeps the Score, and I'm sure I've read it in a couple others, um, about how our bodies need to release energy. And how, um, just to like, so I don't sound too random if uh, people listening, it talked about how like animals 
naturally release energy. So there's, and I'll mess up this story, but it, um, in one of the books I read, it talked about how like the, the animals that have a freeze response when, you know, they're triggered by, you know, a predator. And when they come out of it, they're like shaking and it looks like a bad thing, but it's like, no, their body's just like, wow, I had some trauma. They shake and they get rid of it. And we were like, we don't do, we're going to hold on to it. And so you think about how often we're so critical and we judge and this, and it's like, yeah, what if we, oh my gosh, Taylor Swift, brilliant, shake it off. You know, like, what if we think those thoughts and just release it? And it's like, I'm thinking of your child's pose and you talked earlier about the twisting. And it's like, what if all this movement is allowing those sensations and thoughts and stories, those shame stories, what if it allows it to like move through the body and then shake it off and get rid of it? Absolutely. Well, so to that point, right. If you think about the body with food, right, Mm -hmm. we are made like we need food as nourishment. So we, we take it in, we absorb it, we digest it, Mm -hmm. it gets absorbed and then it gets eliminated. Mm -hmm. I'm well aware of that. Right. (laughs) But this is where like, so the same thing is true of our emotions and of our energy, right? We take it in, we have to like absorb it, we have to be with it. And then we give it permission to be released in, in healthy ways. And so the shaking, I mean, I've, so I actually love, there are certain songs that like, I'm like, just shake, just shake, right? Or the dancing creates movement. To me, that's why movement is so important because it allows things, but it's it not only is it important, I would offer it's being really intentional about moving with the intention to give something permission to move through us. Hmm. That that mm-hmm. adds a layer of power to it to say, hey, I'm going to take a walk, but I'm also going to take a walk to allow whatever is like, maybe it just gets jostled around and gets yeah. loosened. Yeah. Maybe it's not ready to be released yet mm-hmm. right? because sometimes things have to be loosened first mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and then released over time. So to me, dance, shaking, you know, jumping on a trampoline, if you have it, um, whatever it is, but anything to give your body permission to, to not have to hold on so tight is a gift we can give ourselves. I feel like this is like how to gently release your shame through movement. Yeah. It's releasing. And it's also, I don't know, it's like being with it, allowing it to exist without a timeline and then just trusting that if we are in connection with ourselves through our body, that we can handle it and we can give it a place to go and through kindness versus the stuff that we do. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, it's like, I think so often we're afraid to unpack some of the hurtful stuff, you know, and even it was funny when you talked about your mom pulling your solid legs and you right away were like, but I love my mom. I love her. And I do the exact same thing. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to like talk about any of the things that could be hurtful because it's like, I don't want to say anything bad about, you know, but it's like, but we do have to spend some time with those tender parts. And I think when we trust ourselves and trust our bodies, it's so funny because it's like, this is any category we talk about and pretty much, and life has shown me, it's like, oh my gosh, when I started this podcast, I said, 
the thing, you know, we think we need to take to the grave is the thing we need to share. And it's like the parts of ourselves that we, that we're trying to ignore. And when we, you know, we keep, you know, for me, I'm just, I only know my story, but it's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I don't like my body. And so therefore I must change my body. That will be the solution. And it's like, oh, I don't think it's that. There's something else that needs to be tended to. And if I don't know what it is listening to, it's like, oh my gosh, I need, I need to spend more time with this body that I am struggling, that I hate. And I want to ignore what I hear you saying is I need to spend more time with my body. Within a new relationship, right? And and it's not, yes. And it's not easy. I mean, it's certainly, Mm -hmm. it takes, it takes effort. It takes intention, it takes all those things. But I, I know that for me and, and in the work that I do and, but even in like with my friends, right. That I see that when, when we can connect to what's here, I mean, we like to live in our brains and I am like an Olympic level overthinker and catastrophizer. So I'll just call (laughs) myself out on it. Right. And even knowing that my most important moments in my life have all come from something inside my body, mm-hmm. knocking, elbowing me, whatever mm-hmm. it is, right. Mm-hmm. Asking me to pay attention mm-hmm. and that when I can connect with that, and it has mm-hmm. looked a lot of different ways over these 48, almost years. Right. Yeah. But this idea that I know that for me and my body is the key and that when I have been most at war with my body, mm-hmm. I have been, had my most difficult moments when I have been most at ease with my body, mm. I move in the direction of, you know, my truest self and, and doing the things of, of being the person that I get to be. Yeah. But it's, I can very much notice like where that disconnect was and when I've been tending and to me, it's just always a reminder of, okay, how am I treating my body? Am I nourishing it? Right. Am I offering it what it needs rather than what I think it should have? Oh yeah. That's a beautiful reminder to mm-hmm. just, yeah, be so kind to ourselves and be gentle and kind because our bodies. I, you know, it, it sounds so cliche, but it's like, you know, the answer is within us. It was there all along. What is that door or something? But it's so true. It's true. But it's so true. And it's, I mean, June Jordan says, um, she's a poet who says, we are the ones we've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Right? And to me, like, I've always thought that about the body, that it has everything we need and crave inside of us. We just have to get out of our own way. And, and that aliveness element. Right. To me, it's, I know one of my grounding practices in the morning, whether it's a child's pose or just sitting in meditation is like feeling my heartbeat Mm. and hearing it, right. And noticing Mm. where the other places, because we think of our heartbeat here, but I actually really notice my heartbeat, like in my throat sometimes and in my low belly and just allowing sensations to just be there. So to me, it is a beautiful access point for, for really tending to ourselves in a different way. Thank you so much. I love your perspective and seeing, you know, there's just so much, you know, just shame and everything, just all the, the crap we're carrying around, you know, right. There's just so much. And I love just offering so many different perspectives that all complement each other, you know, because it's, there's, as you said earlier, we wish we had that switch that just flipped and it was done, but that is 
not the way it works. And I mean, so, it would be nice, but <laughs> it's just <laughs> not happening. Nice. But then it wouldn't be fun, honestly, right? Yeah. It wouldn't be any fun. Yeah. I'm really grateful if I think about kind of the different moments in my life where, I mean, even most recently, this, you know, pelvic floor exploration of just noticing. And and the last, the thing that I think is interesting about that is that the interconnectedness of everything, right? And of the entire body and its structure and how one part of the body actually creates sensation in another part of the body. And so if we think about that in terms of being in connection with yeah. Right. Rather than fixing, because so often the fixing is like hyper-focused on one thing. But when we give ourselves permission to be whole, then it's like getting to be our own BFF. And to yeah. me, I mean, why wouldn't we want to be our own BFF? Like, why don't we learn how to do that in school? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, may, we might be changing that because if we're changing the conversations here, then maybe they'll trickle down. So thank you so much. One can hope. And Elena, if some uh, wants to find out more about you and uh, learn more about you, work with you. How can they go about doing that? You can go to my website, elenasimino.com and check out my new book that will be launching on January 31st called Inhabit Your Joy, a book of nudges. I love that book of nudges. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your insight, wisdom and sharing more of your story. And I'm just excited to continue having women in my life who help us always return to center and find that peace and joy. Well, thank you. And thank you for creating spaces for these conversations because the conversations that you are leading and having are so, so important. So thank you for being that container for that exploration. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle where we explore growth and healing through vulnerable conversation. Our hope is that you feel seen and find tools for growing resiliency and tackling your own growth and healing. Be sure to subscribe and check out the VIPs and other resources at samanthaspittle.com. This has been a Spitfire production. thing I've ever heard.